Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Katie. And you're listening to I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. If you are a fan of the show, please like and follow us on iTunes and Spotify and review us. It'll help spread the word. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared or email us at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. We're here to talk about Let the Right One In. For a split second there, I was like, I have no idea what we're here to talk about. Ah, well, luckily I did the synopsis, so it works out. But Let the Right One In, it's the Swedish version. Uh, It came out in 2008. And did you watch the remake? Yes. The American remake? Yeah, yeah. Um, It's called Let Me In, slightly different, and it came out in 2010. Yeah. But before we get into that, we Mm -hmm. have to hear what's new with Meredith. Um, Just a lot of cult. Uh, just cult documentaries. <laughs> it's just I like the pause though. Just a lot of cult activity <laughs> cult. in my household. <laughs> I know. Well, uh, I watched um, the Twin Flame one. Oh yeah, how was that? Oh god, those people. What a bunch of shite. It was like, documentary fraud, or fraud was it? people. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it was a documentary. It's like four episodes. I want to say it was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, you know, it's just, it's crazy. It's baffling how people can just be just snake oil salesmen and just such yeah, horrible Yeah, who even buys snake oil people. anymore? Apparently a lot of people, I guess. I mean, I thought PETA did away with that. <laughs> well, they, they restarted that. Black market snake oil. Yeah. Artificial, faux snake oil. Faux snake oil. <laughs> and then I also watched on HBO, uh, Love Has One, The Cult of Mother God, which okay. is crazy too. Yeah. So I'm just like, it has me thinking. I could start a cult. I I said I feel like it? I just said that about you on a recent episode because I I said that like you're so aloof. You'd mm-hmm. be like, I don't know, join or don't join. I don't care. And that would be <laughs> so appealing to people. Mm-hmm. It'd be the opposite of pressure. It would be so yeah. manipulative. I'm like, you know, you can just do what you want. And yeah. then um I mean, I know also this is the right level marketing. Yeah. <laughs> and also buy these leggings. <laughs> I'm at the top, you're the underling. The thing is I can't like I'm not the person who likes to take advantage of people, so I'm just like, ah, oh, man, I'd be a bad cult leader because yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, no, this is so, this is so bad. You have the skills, but not the spirit. Yeah, and I don't want to be horrible, a horrible person. So, yeah. um, just doing that. Uh, I also am counting down to holiday break. We have like three weeks, and yeah. it's gonna go by really fast. It I really think. is. And, yeah. Um, so you know, just doing school, teaching, and being very very busy mishmash yeah crazy so what's new with you um yeah same all the same except for the cult documentaries um (laughs) holiday preparations at my house are um we're getting them going this weekend we got our tree last night we'll be putting ornaments on it tonight our family tradition is um to have It's a Wonderful Life on while we put ornaments on the tree. And you drink? Uh, well, yeah, obviously we drink. But it's like, <laughs> so the first year that my husband and I ever had a tree, um, it was actually before we were married, um, when we were living together, and I had never seen It's a Wonderful Life. And he's like, oh my God, what do you mean you've never seen It's a Wonderful Life? It's a classic. And so he put, happened to put it on the night we were putting ornaments on the tree. Mm-hmm. And so then, of course, me being the way I am, I'm like, okay, well, that's our tradition now. We always have it on when we put the ornaments on. Mm-hmm. And then the first mm-hmm. Christmas, um, we had it 
in our first house, we were remodeling the main floor. And so we hadn't moved anything in there. There was like no furniture or anything, Mm -hmm. but that was the only place we could put the Christmas tree. And so then we had to like run a laptop on an extension cord up into this like empty main floor where all this construction was going on so that we could have the movie on while we put ornaments on the tree. Oh, yeah. So um, make it happen no matter what's going on. Absolutely. So that's, you know, that's like 20... 20 some odd years, 21 years we've been doing that. It's probably, it occurred to me recently that that's probably the movie um, that my kids have seen more than any other movie in terms of repetitious times. I mean, when I mentioned that to Tom, he was like, well, you know, when they were little, like Tommy went through like a ratatouille phase and like Grace with Rapunzel, you know, they watch it like every day for three weeks. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So maybe not quite that, but it's like, you know, every single year. Um, yeah, it at is. a certain time every single year. Exactly. And you do other things whilst watching. Yeah, but it's perfect because it is such a long movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and But the end is really the best part, right? The big payoff. And mm-hmm. by then, it's when we're done with the tree. So I've we're decorating like while everything's <laughs> going on. And there's yeah. like some, you know, really enjoyable scenes along the way that will like pause and like sit down or watch or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when we're done putting ornaments on the tree is when you like sit down and really enjoy that very satisfying um, You're like, final scenes of the magical. movie. Yeah, magic. and I cry every time. So that'll be happening at my house tonight. Oh, well that sounds lovely. Yeah, I've, I've lovely. already got, I got my Bailey Brothers Building and Loan t-shirt on ready for it god you're such a nerd i love it yeah yeah this is the time of year where you're still wearing what your your t-shirt is scream yeah it says get in i got it charlotte i have a matching shirt and it says get in loser we're watching this good um we're going to watch watch scary scary movies movies. yeah so So, it's a mean girls scream mishmash yeah so you Um, you are still um staying true to your Horror t-shirts, uh, whereas I have moved into Christmas t-shirt season. I don't even own a Christmas Oh my god, I have shirts. a whole bin of them that gets put away every year, and then I bust them back out and go, oh my god, I forgot about this one, I love this one. I really... How are yeah, you, how are you a school like, really teacher don't. when you don't have holiday thematic clothing? I just, I mean... Parents can buy it for me if they want. You're like, <laughs> I'm not promising I'll wear it if it's stupid. <laughs> if it says anything on about I've sleigh seen, on it, yeah, sleigh, <laughs> sleigh all day. Teach and teach with your diet coke. I don't know. I've, I've been seeing um, teacher shirts that are like I'm half diet coke, half teacher, and I'm like, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. I'm like, oh, that's embarrassing. Like, yeah, <laughs> fanalizing yourself. That's great. No, I don't know. I'm just like, if if uh, someone got me a t-shirt that was you know, related to holidays. I, I actually really like Charlie Brown, so I would yeah. wear it probably. Well, I bet, so. <laughs> I, do you have a Nightmare Before Christmas t-shirt or any apparel? Yes. Yeah, so that crosses crosses the border. Yeah, what's that? Um, it's Jack and Sally, and it's like they're holding their uh, farming tools. What's it called? Oh, American Gothic. Yeah, it's, the Amer- it's in the American Gothic style. Oh, that's fun. So I'm like, that's fun. Yeah. It's like little... Maybe Ooh, maybe that's uh, what I'll get you for Christmas this year. But you is know, a, uh, Christmas shirt. It's still spooky. Yeah, it still has elements of spooky. I think weirdness. it's more scary than Christmassy. But agree to disagree. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of uh, in the middle. Is it a horror movie or Christmas? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I feel like we talked about it when we did that um, our Halloween minisode a couple last year or two years ago when Victor. I think it was one of the first times Victor was on with us. And he was talking about Nightmare Before Christmas. Probably, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, it's funny you bring it up. I know we're like talking and talking, but we... <laughs> that is what um, a podcast well, is. <laughs> I know, but I mean, before the synopsis, we went to um, Victor's, his brother-in-law's aunt, 
She is one of the creators of right. Nightmare Before um, the Nightmare. Of, wait, I just I'm blanking. Yeah, the Nightmare, the before, Nightmare Christmas. before Christmas. And then also hold. Sorry, I was trying to think about all the stuff she's worked on, like a lot of um, like James and the Giant Peach, mm-hmm. Corpse Bride, oh, a Tim bunch of different stuff. things. And it's really really cool. So we went over there uh, to her house in Palo Alto, and she showed me. She's like, here, let me show you um, different things from when she ma- made the film. So it's like had like the. Um, have you seen the movie? I don't, Which one? The I don't remember before. Of course. So. <laughs> I can't remember because there's ones that you haven't really been interested in, and I'm yeah. like, oh, you've never. Holy shit! Okay, um, just like different things, like when Sally's making the soup or whatever, mm-hmm. and she opens the cat like little cupboard. She has that. And then wow. she has like the actual container, the little jars and yeah, stuff the jars. for the ingredients. And yeah, and she described to me, she's like, "Well, you know, the puppet's hands, I have to have, I had to have a bigger jar, so the puppet hands doesn't look odd. Mm-hmm. So the proportions it, are yeah, right. Yeah, proportions. So it was kind of cool. And then her describing to me just kind of like it was a snippet of the process. So mm-hmm. I thought that was really kind of fun. So. Yeah, behind the scenes. I know. I was like, oh, this is cool to hear about. And um, she's so creative, and I can't imagine being that that talented and just very like a warm kind person so yeah. it was cool to to talk to her about one of my favorite holiday movies <laughs> okay so without further ado i did the synopsis of let the right one in um on my <laughs> labeled paper <laughs> victor printed it on my paper so so it, you said it was from sweden yes Okay, and then um, is there a dubbed version or is there only a subtitled version? Because I watched a subtitled one. I've only watched a subtitled one. I don't know, actually, yeah. if there's a dubbed one. Maybe. Not that I would want to, because, you know, we've talked. I get really annoyed. About, yeah, how <laughs> I get bad so irritated. dubbing on movies can be. But anyway, well, I was just I, curious. I remember how I hated the one wreck when they yep. dubbed it, and I was so mad. Because yeah. I was like, it's better just to read the subtitles. And then um, and actually hear the emotion in the yeah. actors. Well, that one was really badly dubbed too. In addition yeah. to like dubbing oh. itself takes you out of the performances, but if it's badly dubbed, it's even worse. Well, it's interesting you say that about different voices. So, <laughs> and I'll tell you why in a little bit later. Okay. But so it opens with a night sky. It's very it's dark. There's snow falling. We hear a little boy's voice talking, saying, "Squeal like a pig," and he looks. He's he's looking at his nearly naked very slim figure reflection in the window he's wearing um tiny whiteies uh, <laughs> as he looks out he sees an older man and a young girl get out of a taxi they look like they're moving in because the taxi driver takes out some bags the boy continues to role play as we see him using the knife and he's kind of pretending like he's fighting off somebody mm-hmm. the older man who is seen getting out of the taxi before he can see you can see him as if you are putting cardboard on the window, covering it. The following day, we see a police officer giving a talk to a class. Um, it's a school classroom. And the boy from before, his name is Oscar, uh, responds to a question that is posed by the police officer. His classmates turn around and look at him, and they just look like they hate his guts. Right. Basically, they're just like, "What are, you sack of shit, why are you talking? Yeah. It's sort of... He's not Mr. Popular. With, right. Without words that's they're just very contempt is just in their faces later we see this these children bullying oscar 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 i think is what they call him oscar oscar and calling him pig he stands frozen as he's just bullied and tormented um so he doesn't really seem to be utilizing his knife anymore it seems like that whole thing is just fantasy of him um, taking up for himself 
Oscar returns home from school to see the window is completely covered by um, that covered with cardboard, and the man, his name is Hakon. I think it's Hokon, actually. Yeah. Getting his gear ready to go hunting. He's rinsing out a jug using a mask that has a gas um, kind of attached to it that would go on a person's face. He goes out into the woods, it's dark, to hunt a person and drain them of their blood. He asks a man for the time as they're kind of walking through the woods. The man um, kind of is disarmed. He's gassed by him. He's has he's hung upside down. Um, Hakan slits his throat and he has a big jug under him. He's kind of collecting the blood like you would um, bleed an animal, like a yeah. deer. Yeah, and he's got like a funnel it. positioned under mm-hmm. the under his slit throat to go into the jug. Yes, to collect the blood. But he's return- He's interrupted by a poodle, <laughs> a giant a ass big poodle. Ass poodle named Ricky. <laughs> Ricky, 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 and the owners quickly happen upon the scene. But he has able. He was able to run away without getting caught, and he doesn't have the blood that he was trying to collect. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Oscar is stabbing a tree and pretending <laughs> that it's his bullies. Suddenly, he's interrupted by a girl who's not wearing a coat or shoes um, and is wearing uh, just a shirt and pants. And it's just snow everywhere. And um, it looks pretty frigid outside. Yeah, yeah. Oscar's, um, like, bundled up. Yeah, he's wearing a nice, warm-looking warm looking coat. And, like, boots um, and everything. Mm-hmm. And she asks um, what he's doing. Oscar asks, well, who are you? And, and where, does, where, where does she live? And she replies that they... We can't be friends. And uh, walks away. <laughs> he's like, who said I want to be friends we with you? We want to be friends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then Hakan returns without any blood. Eli, Eli, or Eli is um, the... Yeah, it's vamp- spelled Eli, the- but he... Yeah, Oscar pronounces it. Oscar Eli. 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 Eli isn't happy because she has to take care of herself as her stomach is just like growling and rumbling mm-hmm. and... Um, and I, I kind of surmise that he is her familiar. He begs her forgiveness. Yeah. In the meantime, Oscar is dealing with some bullies stalking him, which he avoids by waiting in the toilets. His mother asks him to come straight home because of the recent murders that have happened. Um, he steals a newspaper uh, and he wants to clip clip it for his very odd scrapbook. He has a scrapbook that has different grisly murders, other things that are happening Um like, Sounds like the kind of kid we'd hang out with. Yes. <laughs> he has like some, you know, a little collection of uh, fun little tidbits from the news. At the bar, there's a group of people drinking, smoking. They look over at Hakan sitting alone, drinking some milk and eating um, his dinner. One of them goes over to invite him to join with them. Um, join in. They're like, he's new. He's a single guy with a Maybe a, he'll a buy child. around. Maybe he'll buy around so we can, you know, invite him over. He pays for his food and he's like, well, sorry, I really have to go. And he, um, he, he leaves. So the locals are like, well, I guess that guy is not friendly at all. So Oscar returns to play in the courtyard um, and Ely returns. They both comment that they want to be alone. And they're both, they're both like, well, I lived here first, so yeah. I should be alone first. And Oscar is playing with a Rubik's Cube. Ely asks what it is and he offers it to, um, Ailey to borrow. Oscar, come on, sorry, I'm using my, all these weird names kind of (laughs) tumbled up. Oscar comments that Ailey smells funny and asks if she is cold and and she says no. And then um, she just has forgotten how to be cold. And you're like, well, that's not something that you need to remember. Yeah. Oscar leaves and Ailey's stomach is just growling and she's obviously in pain. 
two friends. Is that the conversation when they talk about how old they are, too? I don't remember. I think it was like, how it, old are you? 12. Elise is 12, more or less. And Oscar knows exactly how yeah. old he is down to the day. And he's like, how could you not know how old you yeah, are? Yeah, he asked what her birthday is. And she's like, I don't know. And he was like, yeah. you don't celebrate your birthday? like. I feel like it was maybe a little bit later. Because mm. at that point, he offers the Rubik's Cube to keep yeah, after... Yeah. Um, Ely played with it already, mm. but I could be mistaken. Um, but at this point, Ely's the stomach is just growling in pain. Two friends who are adult men, they're parting ways, and one encounters Ely uh, crouching in a ball, kind of in a tunnel uh, under a walkway bridge yeah. uh, in the dark. And I mean, it's dark outside, but it's even more in the shadows, um, begging for help. He asks if she's all right, and he um, goes to help her, but he's, of course, attacked Bailey as she drinks him and a neighbor is who has a whole shitload load of cats is watching him horrified. Later, uh, Oscar hears an argument be- between Ely and Hakan. Um, he presses his ear to the wall to listen. Hakan leaves and the neighbor with all the cats who wants the murder happen goes into the bar to gather friends. He wants to show them the spot where the body um, is, but it's gone. And um, we see that Hakan has dragged him off the body into the woods and into a river, kind mm-hmm. of to hide the body. The following morning, Oscar uh, finds his completed Rubik's Cube. He seems to have a little crush on Ely because he smiles, like a little smile. The following e- evening, Oscar sees Ely. Oh, this is when they have oh, the, the age, age conversation. conversation. They hang out. Oscar asks how old Ely is, and she says, I'm 12, more or less. Not quite any- not quite understanding how she doesn't know her own age. Oscar's sort of ask, you know, have you ever gotten any birthday presents? And she's like, not really. So he offers her the Rubik's Cube. And she's like, no, that's okay. Thank you, though. Um, Oscar watches as she solves it again. And he's sort of just like kind of in awe, I yeah. think. Um, the following day in school, Oscar stays a little bit longer after class because he's working on a code. He um, His bullies are out there waiting for him and they whip him. I think with a stick or some something, yeah, something weird. Uh huh. And they whip him um, at the direction of the ringleader. His name is Connie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they whip him on his legs and then on his face, and it cuts him on on his cheek. He doesn't really do anything at yeah. all. He just lets it happen to him. Mm-hmm. Um, he disassociates. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Then he la- later gives an excuse to his mother um, that explains the cut. He's like, "Oh, I fell. There was a rock, and it scratched my face." And his mom is like, oh, okay, you know, kind of accept it. Mm-hmm. Later, Oscar teaches Ely the code and asks, and she asks what happened to his face. Oscar confesses to her that it's bullies, and she encourages him to take up for himself and hit and hit them back, even though it's three against one. He's like, you know, there's there's three, there's only one. I mean, he's like, well, you have, and um, Ely is like, you have to hit even harder. Um, and then she says, after he does that, she will help him. Mm-hmm. So the two of them continue to hang out and uh, her familiar Hawkeye's watching from the window and he's just not looking very pleased. He's later shooed away by Ely, who wants to practice the code in at the wall with uh, Oscar on the other side so they can practice. Yeah. Um, so Oscar asks during the next day, he asks his teacher, hey, can I join the weightlifting club? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yes, I'll make you strong. <laughs> the teacher Later, he meets up with Ely and gives Ely a treat. She tries to eat eat it and starts vomiting. She apologizes, um, and Oscar hugs her, confessing he likes her a lot. Aww. Ely asks 
if I wasn't a girl, would you still like me? Um, and he says, well, well, yeah, but why do you ask? Yeah, that's a weird question. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving on. Ely's like, yeah, anyway. Um, so then later he goes, uh, Oscar goes to visit his dad out in the country. The two of them have a really nice time together out in the snow, riding um, snowmobiles and just being bros, hanging out. Yeah. Hakan prepares to go out and get blood again for Ely and asks her not to see that boy again. She touches his face with kind of a little bit like, you know, meaningfully. And it seems like maybe there's an understanding that she won't. Mm-hmm. At least maybe. So he goes to drain a kid um, at a gym. It's like they're kind of doing some nighttime working out or yeah. practice or whatever. And he goes to drain a, like a teenager. Um, so when I say kid, I mean like a young, young man, yeah. you know, who's not an adult, but also he, someone who could be overpowered by him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels spectacularly because his friends interrupt. Hakan pours acid onto his face to protect Ely. Um, so there is not a connection between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ely is just waiting at home alone for her familiar to come back. But he's obviously not going to come back. So Oscar goes for weight training, and then he finds his pants later in the urinal completely soaked. He has to walk home in the snow in his underwear, which is just a, such a sad scene. Yeah, it's um, yeah. He put his clo- his pants in a bag and just walks in his little shorts, little skivvies, and it's just like fr- looks frigid yeah. outside. Um, so Ely later goes to visit Hakan in, at the hospital. He let, lets her inside his room. Um, there's a little scene where she goes to approach the nurse's station mm-hmm. and she's poorly dressed, you know, not for the weather right. uh, and not wearing shoes. And she's like, I'm waiting. I'm looking for my dad. Yeah, Some red flags there yeah. for the uh, consummate professionals at the hospital. Right. And the nurse is like, oh, that poor, poor child. And she goes outside to find Ely, but she doesn't find her and then Ely you can see is climbing on the outside of the hospital on the building Mm -hmm. um kind of shimming her way up spider-man like yeah yeah so Ely goes and um asks to be led inside the hospital room um he he looks he lets her in he's kind of leaning on the outside of the uh, window he looks grotesque his acid has done just kind of irreparable damage on his face Mm -hmm. um and he lets allows Ely to feed on him, and then he falls to his death outside of the window, and that's the end of her. That familiar, right? So Ely later goes to f- visit Oscar, asking to be invited in. She gets into the bed with Oscar, and Oscar asks her to go steady. Mm. He's like, Ely's like, well, what does that mean? He's like, well, it's kind of like what we do now. And then Ely's like, my well, girlfriend. Yeah, Ely's like, well, sure, okay, fine. <laughs> and they um. You know, they talk it out and kind of just determine that not much would stay or, um, excuse me, change between them. Mm-hmm. So, um, Ilya agrees. Well, crazy, though, because she's like naked, right? Yeah, she's naked. She's like, do you find that disgusting? And Oscar's like, well, no. Yeah. And they just kind of have like a weird puppy love hanging yeah, out in the sweet. bed situation. Later, the whole school goes ice skating on the pond. Um, and Oscar's there too, and his bullies go to torment Oscar, asking if he wants to go to, for a swim because their their headmasters like avoid that area over where the on the pond. There's a hole and it's very dangerous. Don't go over there. Yeah. And so the bullies are like, "Do you want? Do you want to go for a swim?" And they're like, "Basically, I'm gonna drown you. Right. We're gonna fuck you up." And then um, Oscar is like, 
I dare, you know, you're not going to do that. You know, if you do that, I'll actually hit you back. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then Connie's like, yeah, bullshit, basically. So one of the boys goes to push him. And he hits him on the cheek, on the side of the ear with this, like, metal kind of rod thing. Yeah. Um, and it splits his ear and it's just, like, pouring blood. And Oscar's face just looks like euphoric. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he looks pretty... This is the greatest day of pre- pretty, my life. Pretty juiced. So, but this is at the same time as little kids go and um, go to the bathroom and they find... Um, the body of that neighbor that was killed earlier in the yeah. movie that Hakan had kind of um, hidden. Into. After Ely got him under the bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, meanwhile, so Ely's watching from, um, oh, hold on. Sorry. So Oscar's really pleased with himself, but then there's also all this stuff with, um, you know, having that body retrieved. So kind of, he, he's in trouble, but like they also have a lot of other stuff yeah, going on They got on bigger too. fish to fry. Right. So he starts pumping more iron and then he goes swimming and Ely's watching from outside um, the pool, the community pool is watching um, and the two of them are hanging out. They uh, Oscar shows Ely like kind of like a hangout spot that he has is kind of on the side and like a kind of a storage room, essentially, Mm -hmm. that's kind of empty with some of his stuff. We see a glimpse of Ely's eyes glowing in the dark. She's pleased to hear that Oscar finally fought, um, fought back because Oscar describes that he's like, I finally, I finally hit the back. And he's yeah. like, I'm so happy. You know, that's that's so good. But then then Oscar cuts his hand so they can form a blood bond. And it doesn't go quite as um, Oscar <laughs> has hoped, I no. think. Because Ely freaks out and starts drinking the blood that has dropped dripped onto the floor and starts like lapping it up. And she kind of like looks very different yes. suddenly. Her face changes. Um, her face changes, and she's like, "Get away from me!" Uh, and then she runs away because she doesn't want to hurt Oscar. Meanwhile, at the neighbor's house, um, the friend um, he's he's at the cat neighbor's friend, yeah. <laughs> the cat guy's apartment, ostracizing his lady. His girlfriends, because he's like, my my best friend died and you're kind of like the most boring person to hang out with. Oh, my God. And she's like, that's so mean to me. You know, you're so rude. And she storms off. And then she's attacked by Ely, who's like was made really, really hungry by Oscar cutting his hand and goes out, um, runs away in terror. And then she goes and attacks this this woman. She's like maybe a little more reckless than she normally would have been because she was all like in a fever. Yeah. And her name is Genia. And um, so then Genia, um, you know, attacks her. Ely gets kicked off as she's attacking. Um, and and um, she's alive, though, and has, um, you know, sustain, sustained injuries. Or Ely ran off. Yeah. You know, she's fine. But her, the this woman is, you know, she's sustained injury. She's breathing. Um, and she's left to sleep it off in her own apartment. The following morning, sunlight hits her hand and she see, feels like it's um, it's painful. Mm-hmm. And she seems really concerned, like, what the hell? What am I? What's, what's happening to me? Right. Um, so at Oscar's dad's house, they uh, are hanging out. They're bonding. And but that bonding is interrupted by Oscar's dad um, and his buddy just start drinking and getting messed up. And he's just obviously not really. Um, interested in spending quality time with his son mm-hmm. at this point. And you see kind of like that's probably why they're not very, very close. And at the, okay. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Oscar 
decides to hitchhike home because his dad's a boring piece of crap. <laughs> He's just drunk. Um, Genia is definitely a vampire as she goes back to the cat guy's apartment and all the cats attack her. Oh my god. Um, the CGI of the cats attacking her is so it's, bad. It's very bad. So she she leaves with all the cats on her. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and she then, looks like the cat lady from The Simpsons because yeah. they're all like clinging to her all like all over her body. They're all hissing at her because she's a va- freaking vampire. Yeah. And then she has to go to the hospital. So Oscar goes to Ely's apartment and he asks if she's a vampire. She says that she does live off of blood. She offers him money, but he doesn't want it because she, he's like, you stole it. You know, I don't want that money. And she's like, no, no, it was it was given to me. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't steal anything. Um, so then... She also shows him, like, an egg or some kind of, like, different things in her apartment. She's like, this is worth so much, actually. And um, he's like, I want to leave. And he's, she kind of makes to block him, but then she doesn't. And he, he kind of goes, you know, it's a little bit shocking, probably, to find out the woman you love is um, a vampire. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the hospital, Genia is listening to her man talk about selling his dance stamp collection. He is. And she's at- like, oh, my God, somebody kill me now. <laughs> so then she um, she's like, I need help. You know, you need to help me. This kid has attacked her and she just doesn't want to live because she feels like she's changing into something that's um, really scary. Mm-hmm. She doesn't feel like herself anymore. And he kind of. Brushes her off. He's like, yeah, anyway, my dad's stamp collection. (laughs) Uh, The following morning, her bindings are taken off. She asks for the blinds to be opened. um, And the orderly is like, yeah, sure, no no problem. He opens the blinds and she bursts into flames. Like, it's the whole, her whole bed's engulfed in in fire. Later, Ely goes to Oscar's house and asks to be invited in. And he challenges her and asks, what will happen if you come in without being invited? So he's like, kind of dares her she comes in and blood just kind of starts pouring out of her eyes and her scalp and all over and he's like okay oh shit okay i take it back i take it back you can come in in." um so then later there is a moment when ely asks oscar to be her for a bit he's like be me for a bit and oscar or ely looks really old in her face suddenly Mm -hmm. um it's a really weird moment where they're like kind of like connecting kind of i want to say even like psychically a little bit Uh it's a little bit an odd thing like an understanding between them ely showers and then changes into oscar's mom's clothes their little hangout sessions interrupted um by oscar's mom and she goes back to her own apartment meanwhile this friend that has lost his best friend and then his girlfriend um to fire uh, is pretty upset. He goes to the apartment where this demon kid lives. He wants to go investigate. He stalks around the house and Oscar is there at the apartment hiding. He opens the bathroom where Ely is sleeping in the dark, covered in blankets in the bathtub. Oscar interrupts and Ely defends herself against the man. Uh, Ely emerges from the bathroom with blood all over her mouth and she tells him that she has to leave. You can hear neighbors kind of pounding on the door, um, on the ground, like something. People have clearly heard what's happening. Right. And so she's like, I can't stay here anymore. Yeah. Um, So then Ely, you know, is, you know, saying we have to leave. Um, And then she kisses Oscar with um, blood all over her mouth. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Later, Oscar sees a taxi driving away and the apartment is empty. Ailey is gone. And Oscar is left heartbroken. 
Later that night, the boys, um, or in the afternoon, excuse me, one of the boys calls Oscar to lure him to the bathhouse. Um, they are definitely up to something. As a viewer, we see liquid being poured onto a dumpster, and one of the boys gets the teacher outside to deal with a fire that has broken out in the, um, the dumpster outside of the pool, um, the building, it, the pool center. Yeah. He tells him, um, you see, you know, little Oscar, he's, he just looks so vulnerable and small mm-hmm. in the pool. Uh, and what happens next is one of the most, one of the craziest scenes I think I've ever seen in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so insane. So he, he tells him he has to say, um, or excuse me, hold on. Let me go back. Connie has, has a big brother. And Connie is the ringleader of these yeah. bullies. And the big brother is even more of a sociopath. He's, he's, he's pretty pretty awful. So he shows up to threaten Oscar, um, who is standing there being, you know, so vulnerable in the pool. He tells him he has to stay underwater for three minutes. And he will, you know, cut, or he'll, if he's not able to do that, he'll cut him or pop out an eyeball. He's like basically an ear for an ear or whatever. It mm-hmm. doesn't really make sense, but it's threatening. So he takes, he says, Oscar, take a, take a deep breath he grabs a big fistful of his hair and proceeds to hold him under the water. Can I just like from Oscar was like in the pool outside of the bully's reach and he voluntarily swam to the edge so the bully could push his head under the water. I guess so. Yeah. Like he didn't. I mean, maybe he thought like there was there was no escaping the situation overall. And so he might as well just comply. Yeah, probably. But but it's like he he willingly went over to be pushed under the water. Right. Yeah. I mean, either way, they're going to find a way to torture him. But I I feel like in that moment, if you were like frightened or whatever, like you wouldn't you wouldn't do that. You would you would still just like stay out in the water and like they would have to come after you or something. Maybe. But yeah, anyway, it, made, so, it wouldn't have made for such a, like you say, such a memorable scene. scene. So as a viewer, we see him, we see a hand holding Oscar down um, under the water. And mm-hmm. we see the bubbles coming out of his mouth and we see he's running out of air. Then there is a commotion and screaming. We see feet are being s- s- dragged across or through the pool, like across the pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see a severed head fall into the pool and then we see the bully's arm is um like you know chopped off and suddenly it's not grabbing his hair anymore it falls past his face and it it falls past his face and oscar is pulled at this point oscar is pulled out of the water and ely is there and you only see ely's eyes Mm -hmm. and what you can imagine is like a nightmare scenario Mm -hmm. (laughs) where there's but you see drips of blood on her face um and he just looks like so saved yeah enraptured yeah um one of the boys is left weeping on the bleachers and there's bodies of torn up the bullies are just in pieces all over the pool yeah which is insane so crazy so then sometime later on a train we see oscar traveling with a large box that starts tapping a message to him and then he replies back with a code Mm -hmm. and that is the end of let the right Let one the in. Let the right one in. <laughs> Did you think it was scary? Uh, no. Um, any any frequent listeners know that vampires are not my thing. Um, and yeah, I didn't I didn't find this scary. To be honest, I wasn't really a big fan of it. I thought it was kind of um, anticlimactic mm-hmm. a little bit. 
Um, it was obviously a stylistically a slow burn, which is not for everybody. Right. Um, and uh, but that wasn't that wasn't even it because um, it wasn't like a true slow burn. Like, you know, it, it was it was eventful. The story, you know, progressed, um, you know, pretty, pretty consistently throughout the movie. But there, yeah, it just it didn't really captivate me. And the only thing I can attribute that to is that the concept of vampires is not something that really appeals to me that much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you that that final the swimming pool scene and that um, that visual image of like you're seeing underwater, you're seeing just Oscar underwater and the hand that's holding him down and you're hearing what's going on above water, but you're only seeing what's happening underwater. Mm -hmm. And then when the body parts start falling into the water like that was really masterfully conceived Mm -hmm. um, how to create that moment and and um you know, kind of tell a story without showing the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see why that, because that's like your jam, you know, like the what it is to to leave it up to the viewer's imagination and what you could picture, what you imagine is happening um, based on the small little snippets of information and um, that they're giving you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that scene I definitely thought was, was very cool. But the movie overall is just kind of like, meh. Oh, (laughs) do you think it's scary? I don't think it's scary. I think it's more um, heart wrenching, honestly. Yeah. You know, like when you see this little boy who just wants like any kind of connection, Mm -hmm. um, who's kind of because this movie, I think it's supposed to take place in the early 1980s. 82. Yeah. So this is the time of Gen X or you're ignored all the time. Mm -hmm. Children are like, oh, you're here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. you know, so you see this little boy who he has kind of a it seems like his mom tries her best, you know, but they're still, you know, divorced. Uh, he's bullied relentlessly. Mm. Um, he just wants any kind of connection. And there's this creature who's kind of showing an interest in him and he grasps onto it just like for dear life yeah. because he wants somebody to show any kind of love toward him Mm. um so it just it's very sad actually to me but um it's also kind of a love story as well like a pre-bubescent even though ely is a few hundred years old yeah yeah. not not a 12 year old Mm -hmm. so 12 i've just been 12 for a very long time how long (laughs) long time bella i mean uh Uh, oscar (laughs) (laughs) um so and then like you said, the pool scene, just seeing the feet dragged across the top, the the surface of the pool, and mm-hmm. like there's something supernatural happening. Yeah, but you're like, I don't know, is she leaping? Is she flying? Is he like what? What is like you don't know? On. Yeah, um, I know that in the book there's more. It's really much more grisly. Like mm-hmm. the reason you know who her familiar is. He's a pedophile. There's like, um, Ely is a. Um, a li- he was a, a, bo- a, boy, a little yeah. boy that was castrated and all this other stuff. And yeah, I guess that was the reason why they did that line of, would you like me if I wasn't a girl? And then the one point where um, he says, be my girlfriend. And she's like, I'm not a girl. Yeah. And it, that was he, supposed to be like a little bit of a nod a to bit. that element yes. of the book. Yeah. And then also maybe I'm also a vampire, too. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> so like I'm not a girl in the sense that I'm an ancient creature. I'm an ancient creature. So I, I think, you know, it's one of those. I wouldn't, I, mean, I guess, in a way, is classified as a horror movie mm-hmm. because there's, you know, people are ripped apart. Yeah, and, and it's people supernatural. Are of blood and, yeah. But also, to me, it also just feels um, 
Just a kind of a drama, a sad, you know, a little, you know, blip in this little boy's life. And well, that's not uncommon with the whole with vampire movies is they I mean, it's a romantic genre usually. You know, if you go back to the origins, like there's there's love stories as part of vampire stories often and um, representations of vampires are often like, you know, in that like the literary romantic style aside from actual like romance between characters. Um, But that was one thing that I was thinking about with the the characterization of Ely as a vampire, because, you know, we talked about this in our previous episodes that we've done on vampire movies um, where, you know, like the vampires in 30 Days of Night are like zombie style, like feral. Um, you know, they're they're not re- refined, fancy pants, uh, Tom Cruise in his mm-hmm. um, lacy cravat style <laughs> vampire. Um, there's like no reasoning. Yeah. Yeah. They're animalistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a whole spectrum of ways to represent a vampire. And I think most often we do see them as refined, like they've they've benefited from their long lives of, you know, building wealth and knowledge and, and fine tastes and like my. Michael Sheen in in the Twilight series. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you have the 30 Days of Night type of vampires. And this is, she kind of fall, at least behaviorally, falls more in the 30 Days of Night category to me because the way that she attacks people, Mm -hmm. like they used, you know, obviously some effects, some digital effects or however they did it for those attack scenes because she's moving at a superhuman speed Mm -hmm. um, and like leaping on them. And the, like the attack under the bridge, they, it was filmed from a distance. And so it was very jarring because he had scooped her up and it's started to walk away and then all of a sudden she's just all over him like a spider monkey yeah um and like snarling and attacking but very animalistic and vicious Mm -hmm. um and so it's not the whole like oh let me slowly caress you and 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 woo you into a trance and then i'm going to lovingly place my fangs on your neck and drink (laughs) your blood little kisses on your neck (laughs) yeah (laughs) so it's a very like it's um I, I was I did like that characterization of the vampire of seeing it more as like a um, like a violent like a brutal type of attack rather than the whole seduction approach mm-hmm. to to vampirism. Right, um, I thought yeah. that was kind of interesting. Right, yeah, it's and she's also seems more like kind of a world traveler that's very transient Mm -hmm. um and that remind me also of 30 days of night they are Mm -hmm. just kind of like a roving transient group of of uh, vampires that's that are you know just trying to survive for a little while different places and um yeah i don't know Mm -hmm. i i I think that i i wouldn't say this is a scary movie per se Mm -hmm. but like you said i do like the attacks too of Mm -hmm. like um watching her attack people and um i mean i mean when that lady caught on fire that yeah, was, pretty, was pretty, crazy. pretty epic yeah so well and also like the whole little girl vampire because that was one of the things people went crazy for in interview with the vampire was kirsten dunst playing mm-hmm. the like little girl like vicious killer but it's a child mm-hmm. um and uh, that's always like not a, I would say not like an easy like low hanging fruit or whatever, but the juxtaposition of something evil, something terrible, something powerful mm-hmm. being in the body of a child. Right. Yeah. Well, it's corrupted. 
Yes. You know, yeah. something that's very like innocent is corrupted. It's been spoiled. It's yeah. It's been corrupted. But like to quickly comment on that, um, this film, the actors, it's, I, I read an article about um, how the process of finding these actors to play and to play these, these characters and child actors are really a huge, huge, huge thing in Sweden. Oh. Um, so these people, these children that were cast that the voice for Ely is not actually the actor's actual voice. Really? It was kind of, it was dubbed or um, changed, but I think it was an older person um, and like an adult, but I'm not entirely sure I could be wrong about that, but it was supposed to be kind of odd. Okay. You know, to make you feel like that's an odd not, voice. That shouldn't for that. be a child's voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I thought that was interesting. I also liked how when you saw Elise's like eyes glowing in the dark, and then you saw her face look suddenly very, very old. Mm-hmm. Um, suddenly, for like a moment, though, I appreciated that. I thought that was kind of cool. Where it, you're just like, oh, you have to rewind it and say like, did, did I actually see what I yeah, saw? Yeah, yeah. Or Blink that was really weird. Yeah, and it happened like really quickly, and um, it was supposed to be subtle. And a lot of like the very jarring parts were. Um, her familiar throws him, you know, he, she feeds off of him and he falls out. And it's kind of done. And it's like, well, that happened. Yeah. It, it was very, there wasn't a huge buildup. There's not yeah. like There's a, not building a bunch up of music, music or anything. Yes. Yeah. And it was just like, dee, 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 dee. It is like splat, splat. <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh well, shit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> there, very, that's the end of that guy. <laughs> yeah. Really, really subtle. And then you feel like this dummy is just really mad at killing mm-hmm. too. But, like, also, how long has he been doing this? Probably a while. You would think. But, I mean, we are not watching him be successful. We have to watch him fail. And, you know, that's how Oscar becomes part of this, this part, you know, part of Ely's life. Yeah, she needs a replacement. Yes. And so I also read that at the end of, on the train, it says, um, it was like heart that he did, uh, Ely did the the code heart or love mm-hmm. or something. I can't remember, but it was like, they love each other. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's kind yeah. of sad, but and, there <laughs> and then was it ends. So. Some like other vampire canon things that I thought were kind of interesting was that how the neighbor lady becomes vampiric by Ely biting her. Where it's like, that's something that varies from vampire movie to vampire movie and story to story about what it takes to actually change. Yeah. As opposed to just being fed on. Yeah. So it makes me feel like in this universe, you become a vampire when you um, catch a virus, essentially. Yeah, like their saliva it's a viral basically thing. transfers it. Right. Um, as opposed to like a lot of them, like you have to drink the vampire's blood. The vampire's blood. And yeah. then you're a vampire yourself. Yeah. Because <laughs> then in that point, like you, if you're already dead, you can't be changed. Right. Because you yes. have to be alive to drink their blood. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah. And those are just like little nuances that obviously anybody who's telling a vampire story, they like change it to suit the story that they're telling. And none of them are seemingly set in stone. But like obviously mm-hmm. in this one, like the sunlight is. Yeah. Uh, murderous. They well, burst into burst flames. You into flame. Well, you watched the re. I watched the remake uh, also, and then it came. But it came only a few years after this one. Mm-hmm. So, would you say it was like? Um, would you say it should have been made? I don't know. I really I liked the remake better. 
mm-hmm. sorry to say, um, partly because I really like Chloe Grace Moretz. I, lo- I love Richard, Richard Jenkins. Um, oh, me too. I love Elias Kateas. Like the other um, actors in that film were just people that I'm like always, you know, just jazzed to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I also liked the actor, so his name is Owen in the American remake. Um, and Abby was the vampire. Yeah, and Abby was, was the, our, our Ely character. Um, it's hard for me to like kind of it, understand why I liked this one better. If, I mean, maybe as simple as this one appealed to my um, conditioning to American style of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I don't watch a lot of foreign film. Um, well, there's definitely a lot more um, urgency. Mm-hmm. There's a police chase in the beginning. It's a little there's... more polished, too, visually, mm-hmm. like the 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 camera work. Um, it doesn't it doesn't it looks a little gritty, the the original. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and there's not like they don't make gritty movies in America. Um but I did. I liked the Owen character, I think, better than the Oscar character in that, like, he struck me as way more vulnerable. Like, Oscar, like, he was being picked on, he was being bullied, um, but he never seemed weak or defenseless to me, um, just because of the way that the actor portrayed it, even to the sense where, like, you see him, you know, Oscar, you see him in his little tidy whities at the very beginning, and it's like, yeah, he's... He's a weakling, whatever, no muscle tone or whatever. But when you see the actor that plays Owen, like in his um, swimsuit in the remake, like he's emaciated. Like he mm-hmm. looks like he could have, they should have cast him in a concentration camp. <laughs> he's just having a steady diet of macaroni. I know, so jealous. I'm like, that he's his, having mac and cheese again? <laughs> his mom that's wearing that kind of nightgown, which my mom had a, yeah. such a variety of colors in that freaking same one mm-hmm. um, when she would get out of bed. She, oh, yeah. I mean, she wear it all day mm-hmm. all day and i'm like oh you're wearing your nightgown all day okay <laughs> <laughs> um and i think i i don't necessarily think that the remake was scary either i mm-hmm. think that like you said it um kind of struck some of the same notes of of like the sadness the uh star-crossed lovers because there's the romeo and juliet element in both of them too yeah that that's yeah. being read in the school um, and that they they quote it or uh, the girl quotes it, the vampire quotes it to the boy or whatever in both films. Um, but I just I really love Chloe Grace Moretz. And mm-hmm. um, well, you also like the bully in the American. Oh, version, yeah. Who I, I, yeah. 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 A little bit. I got very I did not realize um, that that like, was oh, Dylan little, Minnette. You little scamp. Yeah. And with his <laughs> horrible, horrible haircut that he had for like the first bunch of movies in his career. Like it's hard to believe that anybody oh. thought that that was a good move because oh it's just hideous. He's such a little cutie. But yeah, he's but still he's adorable. Little, he's a little bad boy just being just so horrible. Yeah. So no, hard. he's such a dick. Like oh, you just yeah. it, and that's I've when I see bullying in movies, um, a lot of times it's set in a different time period. And this is as well. I think that um, this one was also supposed to take place in the 80s or late 70s or whatever. It's in the 80s because you see um, Ronald Reagan is giving an right. address and stuff. So, you know, it's early 80s for yeah. sure. Um, but and so I'm like, maybe it's a time thing. But for me, it's so hard to grasp the idea that there were actually like bullies that physically assaulted other children to that extent. Mm-hmm. Um, because that wasn't just 
that was not part of my experience. And obviously it's like a girl that probably wouldn't have been a part of my experience anyway, Mm -hmm. but that never happened uh, for young boys, you know, when I was growing up and where I was growing up. And so, and if, if something like that happened, like the consequences would have been monumental for like, you know, kids to like whip another child and like cut their face. Like, I mean, I guess if the kid lies to their mom about it and says that they fell, um, But just that stuff like that was going on and, you know, like you were saying, maybe it's the time period where like parents and adults were just so disconnected from what the kids were doing. Like they couldn't give two shits. Um, (laughs) They were like, you're still here. It's like, it's a school. Of course I'm still here. Yeah. (laughs) Um, They just have no clue. Um, I was laughing at the teacher and the original one mm -hmm. where he's like, she's like, oh, what are you doing? He's like, well, I just got some work to do. And he's like, well, she's like, well. We'll see ya. And she just leaves. She just leaves. Yeah. And then there's classroom. Maybe it's a Swedish thing. Maybe it's like super drab and there's nothing on the walls mm-hmm. except for like some sad art. Yeah. And it's just like gray. It's all well, gray. Well, and I've seen that even now, like internationally, like this this concept of having a Pinterest classroom is definitely an American thing. Like that's Probably. not something that they invest a lot of time and energy into in other countries that have better educational systems than we do. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I also really loved how they made, um, like you talked about, uh, Ely's appearance changing a little bit um, in the original. They they lean into that more, I think, um, with uh, Abby's character in the remake. Um, you see it happen a little bit more often. Mm-hmm. And her change um, is more dramatic. She just uh, doesn't just look kind of older and a little withered. Like, I, I put him in, it's like, she actually reminded me of Reagan O'Neill from the original Exorcist. Like, the way that they whited out her eyes and... And made her face look like she looked like a rotten, possessed, like, character. There was a, a very dramatic change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that that was really cool. Um, yeah, that's scary. Very scary. And then, but it really, the two movies are not shot for shot identical and word for word identical, but very, very close in terms of um, what what the scenes consist of, what the characters do, what order things happen in. Mm-hmm. Um, they made a little change with introducing the police officer character in the remake that they didn't have in the original Uh um but they one thing that was the same was the neighbor lady that um that the vampire girl attacks after lapping up the boy's blood and that neighbor lady becoming vampiric and then dying in the hospital but i loved the moment in the remake where she um she's in the hospital bed and she's asleep or unconscious or whatever and her boyfriend leaves the room and she like looks down at where her iv um port is in her arm and there's like a little bit of blood coming through the gauze and then it cuts to this wide shot where you see the boyfriend talking to the detective out in the hall and you just see kind of the silhouette of her in her hospital room just slowly moving and starting to like drink the blood from her own arm Mm -hmm. and it was so creepy yeah I really liked that part and no one's noticing and she's just like going to town and you're like oh my god yeah I I mean it's like one of those things where I don't I didn't even think she knew what she was doing. No. Um, but she's monstrous. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the other uh, cute thing that I appreciated, um, you know, going back to 
what I love Chloe Grace Moretz in is, you know, she did the Carrie remake as well. And um, one of the like, I think one of the main movie posters and in a very iconic image from Carrie has her with blood on her face mm-hmm. that looks just like when Abby's character um, goes into Owen's apartment without being invited and starts like just seeping blood. Seeping blood. Um, She's wearing a kiss T-shirt, too. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh. But it, like it looks I, I mean, I would have to look up there's quite a good amount of time between when she made this movie and when she made the Carrie remake but that visual element is like mm-hmm. almost the same and I wondered if that was intentional of the the people that made Carrie or if it was just coincidence because she's making two yeah. horror movies yeah but yeah. it definitely I mean, reminded me of that both of them include a bloody head. <laughs> bloody for, head. Yeah, blood on your face. Blood on your right in your face. Yeah. <laughs> and I also I don't know if because I'd never seen the original at all, and I had tried I'd started watching the remake at one point a while back and maybe only watched about half of it and never finished it. And oh. so this time around I was like, okay, well I'll finish the remake first since I've already watched half of it and then I'll go back and watch the original. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can color your perception of a movie. Like if I had seen the original first and then watched the remake, I might have mm-hmm. had a different take on yeah. one or both of them. Definitely. I mean, I watched the original first mm-hmm. and then I watched cuz I was like they're gonna do there i think i i think there it was a thing where i I saw that they're making the remake the american version so Mm -hmm. i was like i want to watch the original first before i watch like when i watched um the ring and i was like i want to watch that one and then i'll watch the american version and then i was like oh this is scary but i didn't even know that there was a a, an original when i started watching the american one i don't i don't do my research i guess you need to do your research (laughs) i was like chloe grace moretz yes sign me up well, I mean, yeah, she's pretty great. So yeah. I, would, I loved her in Carrie also. Yeah, and, I love her um, in um, the Amityville remake. She's just in a lot of horror remakes. She just loves, you know, those little scary, scary yeah, movies. she's got that cute little face. And I she, I remember when they first were talking about um, making the live action Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. she was originally the person that I had heard thrown around as going to be Ariel mm-hmm. before they obviously went in a very different direction yeah. with the film. Yeah, yeah. Well... I don't even know actually what she's doing these days. But, yeah, I can't. You know, maybe I, I living can't her recall life. the last thing I would have seen her in. Yeah, living her life, having yeah. a, you know. It's hard to imagine her playing an adult character. Yeah, but you know what? We could be like forgetting entirely. Like, That's um, true. Like, like Victor, Victor like with she, Rachel Vice. She hasn't acted in years. I'm like, what? She's in she, something she, every single year. Yeah, she hasn't <laughs> taken a break from making movies in 20 years. <laughs> I know. And she's like, literally releasing one right now. <laughs> I know. Victor was like, well, well, fuck me. Okay. I guess I'm just, cause I'm just wrong about that. It's yeah. like my John Carpenter comment. Right. Yeah, we got to yeah. own it. Well, and that's, um, what <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I messed that up. Completely. Whatever episode it was that I made that, um, comment about Sofia Coppola. Oh, it was the, um, the Pet Cemetery episode. And I was talking about people asking Miko Hughes about making Pet Cemetery, And he's like, I was a baby. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I made a comment about Sofia Coppola and Godfather too. And when Thomas Nudie's like, babe, that's, that's in the Godfather. That's that's not a Godfather too. I was like, shut up. You like who asked you? Yeah, really. I really didn't ask him. He just volunteered that information. That's okay. It's you know just you know putting you down a peg or two. Yeah, I'm looking her up right now. I can't oh, to see I what she's I up to these days. Like a, you don't want this hanging over your head. I don't want to have it hanging over my head. <laughs> uh, there's a oh the peripheral which came out in 2022 on oh. Amazon original. Um, well, so is it thriller? It sounds thriller by that title. I don't know. I'm probably, but looks super active. So, yeah. um, just because I don't know doesn't mean I know yeah. anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's eight episodes. 
And then Adam's Family. Oh, it's a show. T- yeah. Okay. And then Adam's Family 2, Wednesday Adam's voice. Ink. Oh, the animated one. Mm-hmm. Okay. I yeah. was like, uh, that was Christina Ricci. <laughs> yeah, the animated ones. And Suspiria, which came out in 2018, which I watched. I mm-hmm. liked that a lot. I liked that um, remake. It was pretty She good. was probably still playing a teen at that point, though, right? Uh, a young adult. Okay. Because so it, it it's about... Did, have you ever seen the original no. Suspiria? It's about women who are, like, you know, going... Um, about college age. Okay. Going to a dance school. And it's, oh. like, a weird... Super, it's Dario Argento, which is an Italian horror movie director, mm-hmm. and and it, that came out in the seventies. The original one, it's very like Technicolor, bright, crazy, okay, bloody, like bloody murders. Xanadu. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then the Suspiria twenty eighteen one was a remake, and um, she was in it. It was it was pretty good. I liked it. Maybe I'll check so, it out. Um, yeah, it is. She was yeah a young young woman. So, mm-hmm. um, anyway, I mean. Good conversation. Yeah. You know, it was cold and snowy, so yeah. that goes with our theme On of Christmas theme, Even time. though it is not snowy here, but it is starting to get a little colder Wait, from one day to the next. There's blood. A lot of blood, which is red. Yes. So red is holiday colors. Absolutely. <laughs> and the snow is snowy winter weather. It's like the North Pole. Like the North Pole. Yeah. Red Santa, blood. <laughs> I think you just made your own t-shirt. I'm, I'm trying to uh, grasp at straws. Yes. It's okay. And speaking of grasping at straws, our uh, the holiday connection for oh our selection gosh. for next time. We, okay, you know what? We're not even, if anyone's upset, we just are grasping for the best. Yeah. We, we we've been doing find... this for a few years now. There's not that many Christmas or Thanksgiving horror movies out there. Yeah, and it's hard to find. And something we've already that... done a bunch of them. Yeah, sorry, sorry, not sorry. But that's just how it is. And maybe we did it kind of poorly the first time. But you know what? We're not going back. No, there's <laughs> no going back. <laughs> Black Christmas. It is. It lives in infamy, and that's how we left it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but no, so for next time, we're going to do Jordan Peele's Triumph Us. Yeah, and that came out in 2019. Yeah, and the and tangential connection <laughs> is the red jumpsuits <laughs> that the people wear. Yep. Just, Just like, like Santa. Santa. <laughs> Just like Santa. Um, he probably sleeps in long johns. Exactly. I bet you that's exactly what his pajamas in, in look like. Red pajama and also, I, I, I feel like I remember some of those characters in us saying ho, ho, ho at some point. <laughs> yeah, let's rewatch it. Yeah, and, and wait for it. We'll we'll look for as as we rewatch it in preparation to record. We will look for uh, other elements of it that we could wait claim as holiday. There's a lot of drinking. That's true. So which that's we know holiday. we like to do that at the holidays. Holiday, yeah. Red, red outfits and drinking, drinking. Um, and then telling each other's dirty business, like family business, family, like, like family problems, family problems. So that's also holiday. Yeah. Related. Nailed it. We a hundred percent nailed this. <laughs> um, makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, anyway, good conversation. We'll talk about that maybe next time. Yeah. So if you so. have, if you haven't seen it, come on. Oh, Jordan, Jordan Peele is, is the best. You got to see, you got to see his movies. All of the movies. Yeah. Or rewatch it if you haven't even seen it in a while. Because nope. even no. Nope. I yes. said what I said. People <laughs> aren't really sure about it, yeah. but I liked it. <laughs> but uh, it, this one stands up for rewatching. So even if you've seen it before, watch it again. Yeah. And we'll talk to you next time. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.